Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. We have such a fascinating topic today. I am so excited to explore this with you. So our topic comes from Miss Healy and her space-loving friend. So thank you so much for writing it in. And the topic is black hole stars. These are also known as quasi-stars. So the request was, well, just talk about these things. What are they? Or what might they be? So we don't know if quasi-stars or black hole stars existed in the universe or not, but we are searching for them. So let's start by talking about the name. Quasi is a word that means kind of, sort of, but not quite. So a quasi star would be something that would be almost a star. It looks like a star, but it really isn't a star. Now, a black hole star gives us a little bit more of a description of what might be going on. The idea of a quasi-star would be that it would be an object, a really, really massive sphere, a ball of glowing, hot, luminous material. Sounds a lot like a star, doesn't it? But at its core, it would have a black hole. And these objects would need to be millions of times the mass of the sun. So they would have super massive black holes at their core. Now, as I said before, we don't know if these objects existed in the early universe. We know certainly that there are no, there's nothing like this nearby right now in our time and place in the universe. We can look out with our telescopes and that would be something very, very easy to spot. But the farther away we look with our telescopes, the further back in time we're going. And this type of object might have existed in the early universe when the universe was very young, only a few hundred million years old. Let's pause there for a second. <laughs> a few hundred million years to a human is a really, really, really long time, right? But from the perspective of a star or a planet or a black hole, that's really fast. So when we're talking about things on the cosmic scale, that is a short amount of time. So these objects might have existed when the universe we think was much smaller and much denser and things were really, really close to each other. And if they did exist, we might be able to spot them with telescopes like the James Webb Space Telescope, which is made to be able to study that time period among many other things as well. We can use it to study close by things as well, but we can use it to study things very far away and long ago. Now, if they existed, these objects probably would have formed from areas in the universe where there was a lot of stuff, where it was really, really dense. And this would have just kind of been a little bit random. When we talk about dense, we mean a lot of stuff packed into a small amount of area. Now, the more stuff you have in an area, 
the stronger and stronger the gravity becomes. Gravity is what pulls things together, pulls everything in the universe that has mass together. The closer that stuff is, the stronger that pull is. So let's talk about how stars work, because this is going to help us understand what a quasi-star is. So stars are areas where the material has been pulled together and lots and lots of material is being pulled together and squeezed together by gravity from every single direction. So if something's pulling from every direction, the natural shape that is made is a ball. So we get this huge ball of material and that material is gonna start getting heavier and heavier because there's more and more gravity pulling down on it, squeezing down on it, squeezing down on it. And the more you squeeze that material, the hotter and hotter it becomes. And so at the core of a star, it becomes so hot that the atoms, the little things, the little bits of, of material that the star is made from get smashed into each other because there's so much pressure and it's so hot and they're moving around, bumping into each other. They smash into each other and they fuse. So that is they turn into one thing. They turn into a larger or heavier atom. So we go from hydrogen to helium. And the really massive stars can keep going. They can take the helium and they can take three heliums and they can turn that into carbon and they can keep adding heliums on and getting heavier and heavier elements. Now, when they do that, it releases a little bit of energy. Imagine that, that those two things smashing into each other, right? That's going to release energy. It's like a little tiny explosion that goes off. That's the energy. Well, some of that is what we actually end up seeing as starlight or as sunlight. But it also is able to push back against that material that is squishing down in the star. Remember, the star is squishing down. It's pulling down from every direction. So that fusion pushes back against it and it holds it up. And this is what keeps the star the size and the shape that it is. It's like this constant battle between fusion pushing out, holding the star up and gravity crushing in. So it makes something a star. To be a true star, it has to be fusing. That's what makes it a star. Now, sometimes there's really, really massive stars. And eventually those massive stars run out of material to fuse with. They've taken everything that was at their core and they fused it as far as fusion can go. And when that happens, there's nothing to fight back against gravity. Gravity wins. Gravity collapses it in on itself and the star crushes in from every single direction, smashing what's at the core. Now, if this was a really, really massive star, something at least 20 times as massive as the sun, then the gravity is so strong that it essentially just breaks the matter and it collapses the star into a black hole. And that's how we think stellar black holes, the most common kind of black hole we can find, is made. Now, the gravity gets so, so strong with a black hole that if you get too close to it, then the gravity is too strong for anything to ever be able to get out, to escape from it. 
All right. So those are the two things we need to understand to really understand what a quasi star or black hole star is, because it's kind of a combination of those two things. So I want you to imagine a really, really ginormous, huge, massive star that is millions of times the mass of the sun. Well, there would be so much pressure at the core that even the fusion wouldn't be enough to hold it up. So it would squeeze itself into a black hole. Now there's a black hole there. Think about the outside layers of that star. Fusion isn't happening on the outside, it was happening on the inside. And so the star is going to start, everything around the black hole is gonna start falling into the black hole. But the gravity is so strong and so immense that as that material is falling in, it's heating up, it's getting hotter and hotter, and it's releasing all kinds of energy as the material just falls towards the black hole. That releases enough energy to start to hold some of that material up. So instead of fusion holding the star up from collapsing, it's actually the material falling into the black hole itself. And this would have been a really, really bright object. This might be, perhaps there's a lot of different ideas we don't know yet, but this might be how the black holes at the centers of galaxies formed. And they would have been so massive that the galaxy would have formed around them, or maybe they formed because the galaxy was there. So maybe our own black hole, our own supermassive black hole, Sagittarius A star, maybe it started like one of these quasi stars. We don't know yet. That's why we're studying. Now, it probably would have only lasted for a few million years. Now, remember before I said that a few hundred million years was very short for a star. So something only lasting a few million years would be like the blink of an eye. So if these existed, they would have existed for a very short period of time, then they would have collapsed into supermassive black holes and maybe begun to make quasars. This is one of those amazing types of objects that we hope to find. Maybe they existed or maybe something even more incredible existed than them. We have only just started to explore. There is so much to discover in our universe. So thank you so much for sending in this incredible question or topic rather. This was great. And all of you listening, if you've got topics that you'd like us to talk about as well, you've got questions, have your grownups send those into the email in the description. Thank you so much for hanging out and learning about space and science together. And as always, my friends, I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.